Sky Sports Radio combined with Harness Racing New South Wales brings you On The Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Good morning and welcome to On The Pace on this Monday morning. Michael Gearan joining you for the next half an hour to talk all things harness racing and of course, unfortunately, all things COVID involving harness racing. I hope wherever you are in New South Wales, you are staying safe. The boss of the industry in the state is John Dumasey. He joins us now. Good morning to you, John. Yes, good morning, Michael and listeners. Mate, uh, let's make this as basic as possible for some people who aren't involved in the industry or even those who are. Where do we stand with harness racing in the state as of today with the COVID situation? Uh, We'll certainly continue racing, um, albeit we will closely follow those uh, directions issued by government. Um, uh, Horses and, uh, well, much of the horses, but the trainers certainly won't be able to exit um, the Greater Sydney area, Blue Mountains, Illawarra or Central Coast. And likewise, horses and those trainers and drivers and stable attendants can't come in. So we're following the guidelines of, of the lockdown that's in place. Therefore, with the race meetings at Menangle and Penrith, which are within the period and inside the lockdown area, they will only be able to be attended by the trainers, drivers and stable hands and, of course, the officials. But the rest of it is a completely lockdown. Okay, John, last year when we had the longer COVID lockdowns, we had regionalised racing where basically people more or less stuck to their own areas. Is it possible, for example, for a trainer from Bathurst to head to Newcastle at the moment? Is is there travel inside the state outside of the greater Sydney area? Uh, There certainly is, and um, that's why we haven't headed to uh, the regional racing that we had previously, because, for example, um, as you just said, a a horse from uh, Goulburn could easily uh, attend Bathurst, easily attend... Uh, Wagga as well. It might be more difficult for them to get to Newcastle, but uh, there are opportunities there for them um, to the point that um, even the race programs have been um, uh, slightly amended to accommodate for those horses that would normally come into the the Sydney area to race. So um, the options are uh, still there for owners and trainers uh, to earn and keep competing in the industry. John, if there was a trainer who had horses or even a horse they thought needed to be at Menangle for the next two Saturday nights, or, or in fact a Penrith on a Thursday, do they have the option to come into Sydney and train from around that area and then obviously not leave again until the the bubble has been reduced? Is there an option to come into that situation um, if they think that's where they are best placed with their horses? Uh, certainly is. Uh, the key uh, element as you uh, identify there, Michael, is is the horses come in. If the people come in with the horses, uh, well, they basically have to stay in because if they go back outside, they will have to self-isolate for 14 days in line with the uh, government protocols. So, um, yes, we have the Meningle Park uh, Training Centre where we would accommodate horses that wanted to come in. They'd mainly be the Saturday night horses, though, um, but, but like I said, um, we've, we've changed the programs at other places. I know there's trotters races added to uh, the Wagga programs. I know there are up to 120s added to the programs at Bathurst, um, Newcastle and uh, Wagga as well, so I believe, um, to accommodate for those horses that are in that higher bracket 
that where you know it, it's pretty it's pretty hard work to come into the area. You've got to set yourself up with your horses. That might be the easiest part, but you've got to find accommodation etc. Because you just cannot leave uh, the designated um, area from as I mentioned before, Greater Sydney uh, etc. Okay, John. What about for the race day participants? Um, how do things change once they are at the track? I presume wearing masks in all areas is a situation where there's no touching other people and the shaking of hands. What actually happens to people who are inside Menangle, for example, tomorrow afternoon? Uh, it's masks everywhere in in Sydney and those other areas, and and that includes the race track. The only time a, a mask isn't to be worn or doesn't need to be worn is when a driver is competing in a race. So it's it's definitely masks all around. And, of course, the common sense approach is social distancing. It's never been re- reduced, the social distancing, from day one. So it's social distancing, respecting other people's space, um, certainly, and, and the less contact, the better, um, as we see it. But uh, it's get in, uh, do what you need to do, race your horse, and, and then get back out and go home and, and lock down like the government um, is, is doing the right thing, and I believe they're doing the right thing in introducing this lockdown now so that we can move on uh, as soon as possible into a, a more freer environment and, and um, living standards. John, we've seen TAB turnovers and, and turnovers with bookmakers very high over the last year. There is, of course, the element that people in Sydney now cannot go to retail outlets because they are not open how would you expect the next two weeks to impact the industry financially? Well, it follows course that um, most people are set up to to um, gamble uh, remotely. There shouldn't be a significant effect. But one thing that we, we saw a spike last year, but the spike was because uh, one of the reasons the spike was there was because most sporting events were cancelled. That isn't the case as it is now, and we hope that isn't the case. We want want every every person that's got an activity, a pastime, to be able to enjoy it um, in this it is these very um, difficult times. Okay, John. Let's talk about compensation. For example, there were horses today heading to to Maitland from the Kerry and Morris team. They can't head there. Is there any compensation for for trainers or in fact connections of horses? if they have been affected by this? Yes, well, um, Harness Racing New South Wales is always looking forward to um, looking after participants. Uh, the, from the meeting last Saturday uh, and, and today at Maitland and tomorrow at Menangle, those horses that uh, aren't uh, able to travel, so therefore the participants aren't able to travel, that restriction, um, Harness Racing New South Wales will certainly uh, accommodate them. It'll be ex-grasher mm-hmm. payments under our abandoned abandoned meeting or abandoned race policy, which is in place anyway when, when we have those unfortunate events of races being um, and meetings being cancelled by rain. So, yes, they will be compensated. But even further, last uh, Saturday night at Menangle, the Country Series final was completely wiped out because every horse came from outside of the area. That race has been rescheduled for as race one at Bathurst on Wednesday. So Harness Racing New South Wales is keeping faith with participants in, in increasing their, um, or making sure their opportunities are still there, but also increasing uh, in, in respect of, um, we take Penrith this Thursday night, the uh, nominations are very strong. Of course, they're strong because trainers aren't able to uh, go to Newcastle where many, many do 
travel to Newcastle for the Friday meetings. They can't go there now, so uh, there's uh, an abundance of horses nominated for for Penrith and also for Menangle on the Saturday night. But we will run additional races, um, certainly at Penrith. So, John, that means an earlier start to Bathurst on Wednesday night, 4.37, there with the $20,000 final. Uh, just a really basic question, John. If you have a horse in the Riverina and you want to send it to Menangle, can you send the horse if you don't want to go yourself? Is there any problems with the horses crossing any of these barriers? Uh, we don't We don't see that there's any problem with the horses crossing the barrier, but when the horses come into Sydney, uh, we'll have an expectation that those horses stay within Sydney uh, whilst ever the lockdown takes place. We're, we're not going to have a situation where somebody meets at the demarcation line and hands a horse across. That just won't, will not happen. Harness Racing New South Wales will not permit that. Talking about some changes to potential programs, obviously the lockdown is at this stage, hopefully coming off on July the 9th, or if not earlier. There's a Trots New South Wales final scheduled for July the 10th. I believe that's under review. Yes, certainly. We'll watch that very closely. And if if there's an impact um, to to the owners and trainers of horses, we'll certainly look at what that is, impact is. We'll look at that probably next week and um, we'll see where we need to um, relocate um, if there's no other method where we relocate uh, those races. There may be another method by that stage. or We certainly introduce a quasi sort of a um, restriction towards the end of the regional racing before. So it's, it's not a definite that they'll be off, but we're certainly looking at it. And also, um, in the next coming weeks, there, there will be heats of the Country Series final for Menangle later in July. Uh, those heats will um, go ahead because there's um, extra prize money involved there. But it will be quite clear that if the um, if the lockdown or we cannot accommodate the horses coming in for the final, uh, there will be no final of those. But the um, increased prize money for the heats will be on offer. Uh, won't affect those horses, of course, because they can um, race in other races and, of course, come back and hopefully at a later stage race in, in other heats and, and progress to a final. John, do you think the industry is better placed now to handle a lockdown, a snap lockdown like this than it was this time last year, even though, in fact, we managed to keep racing going. Does the fact we've done it before make it easier to put these restrictions in place and make them operate smoothly? I think the experience is well and truly there. And and to the point of this, at yesterday at Dubbo, um, now, the country areas have not been impacted so much by the protocols or, or, or what the government has implemented. Yesterday at Dubbo, I'm told everybody wore a mask. They've never had to do that before. So the the public, our participants in particular, are adhering to what the protocols are. And and they should be um, complimented for that and and thanked for that because it's in their best interest, as it is in the entire community's best interest, to follow these protocols. Uh, The government, the New South Wales Health, don't introduce these things for for the fact they want to do it. They do it for good reasoning. the Premier has really worked through, um, the Health Minister and our Racing Minister, they've all worked through these things to keep New South Wales operational and to protect the community at the same time. But it's up to the community, and in, in this case, our participants, to follow those protocols, follow them very diligently, take care of it yourself, look after, out for others, and just follow the simple things that we need to do, like mask wearing, social distancing, um, sanitising hasn't gone away at all either, hand sanitising. So 
Uh, I, I just uh, I, I know our people will do it, and I hope the rest of the community do it also. John, just while I've got you on the radio, away from from COVID, and um, one one subject people in harness racing love talking about is the handicapping system. I believe harness racing New South Wales is proposing a, a statewide sort of road show to discuss where the handicapping system is heading in the future. What are the parameters for that? Uh, well, we were to announce um, we were to announce last week that uh, the dates for those road shows through July. Uh, we held off until today. Uh, probably had an inkling that there's something might be going to happen. So uh, basically, those um, handicapping and programming road shows, which were in in every area of the state, they will have to be um, postponed. Of course, um, we we're probably looking at August now, um, a little bit further down the track, but. Um, with Greater Sydney uh, lockdown, we couldn't find another method, be it by Zoom or whatever, to uh, get out and see the people, see the participants, get our message out, but most importantly, hear what the participants had to say face-to-face. So they've been postponed uh, more than likely now to uh, August. Well, we hope they're in August. We hope they're not any later in the year. John, just while I've got you, there's been a lot of discussion about changes to feature race calendars you know, because of the change of season, not being anything to do with COVID. Can I just confirm, as far as harness racing New South Wales is concerned, are our biggest races still going to be in the same place? Are the Inter-Dominion still going to be late November, December? This season spread across the state with three venues in the final Altman angle. And would you expect, I know you don't have uh, the a power over the host club all the time, but would you expect the Miracle Mile to be retained on its date with that first Saturday or last Saturday in March or February, depending on the way the dates fall together. Yes, that's very interesting you say. I don't have power over the principal club, and you are correct there, even though some people say that might not quite be right. Um, Tongue-in-cheek, of course. But no, we don't see any changes to uh, what are those major races in New South Wales. We probably do see that uh, nationally there'll need to be a tinkering after we get through the first year of the um, calendar, the yearly calendar-based feature races. But no, they're all, all systems ahead. All our planning for the Inter-Dominion this year is in respect of uh, two scenarios. A scenario where um, patrons will be restricted in numbers on course. We, that is our worst scenario. Um, we will be going ahead with it. Um, this, uh, this current outbreak would have to turn terribly uh, wrong for us not to do that way. As I say, in New South Wales, across Australia, the governments are working very, very diligently to, um, to control, combat, um, certainly make life as best as possible for the entire community. Uh, we, you know, we look at uh, overseas and, and what's uh, occurred in those places. We we do live in the lucky country. We we do live here in New South Wales in the premier state. So uh, uh, we will be going ahead, and there will be no changes to those major uh, races that we have in in New South Wales. Uh, it's the only one one million dollar race, the Miracle Mile, the Garrard's Miracle Mile. It's the only million dollar race in harness racing on the calendar. So it must really take centre stage and be the first event that we um, we keep in its spot. And, John, you forgot to mention also the, the, the state, which is the home of the State of Origin Trophy after last night as well. So um, yeah. there, there, there is not all bad news on the horizon. <laughs> no, and, and that, uh, that trophy, State of Origin, of course, will stay here in the blue state, Premier State, uh, for many years to come, I would suggest.
<laughs> John, thanks for your time, mate. We appreciate a very comprehensive update of the confusing time for people. Um, well done for keeping the machine rolling, and we'll have you back on the show next Monday if you're available to uh, further update us on things, hopefully coming out the other side of the lockdown the couple of days after that. Certainly, Michael, and, and the, the team got together yesterday. Uh, we were together on Saturday afternoon when the Premier made her announcements, the right announcements to make for the state. We got together yesterday and, and put things in place rather rapidly, um, and, and we go forward. We will keep going forward and we'll keep meeting, and uh, participants should just keep an eye out for any announcements that might come their way from Harness Racing New South Wales. Thanks for your time this morning, John. Thank you, Michael. That's John Dumasy, the boss of Harness Racing New South Wales, with that comprehensive update on what's going on in the state. If you need more information, of course, go to harness.org.au. But racing will continue. You can't come in and out of the greater Sydney area or the lockdown-restricted areas. But once you have a horse in that area, it can stay there and race on. So options for trainers and those who are missing race meetings like the one at Maitland today uh, can be compensated. Somebody who is stuck in not a bad place is New Zealand-based trainer Crandall Getty. Uh, he joins us this morning from Queensland, Cran, which is not where you intended on being, but if you had to be stuck somewhere on earth in a cold winter, Queensland's not a bad place to be. Yes, you've summed that up 100%. Um, I'll call it a very good problem. So you are over there, Cran, with your wonderful three-year-old Krug, who won the Redcliffe Derby on Saturday night. Now, the Trans-Tasman bubble, even though there's not a massive outbreak in Queensland, has been suspended. So you were looking to return home to New Zealand, in your case, Christchurch, to train the rest of your team. You can't do that at this stage, Cran, until when? Uh, good question, hard to answer. Um, well, firstly, you know, I'm very lucky, very fortunate, very good staff, of course, but um, just when you're away for a big period of whatever business you're in, you just love to be back at base um, at certain times. So, but in saying that, um, worst things have happened at sea, so it's not a big issue, and um, there's a lot of big, more important people than me and can't do these things. But, um, but uh, yeah, I, I, if there's a risk involved, I'd rather be make the risk of staying here rather than go back to NZ and not getting back here. OK, we saw Krug, many of us, win the Redcliffe Derby on Saturday night. He sat parked and he absolutely slayed them. Uh, as there tends to be in these situations when a horse makes their Australian debut, there was a lot of hyperbole after the race about how good he is. Of course, that was only his third derby. He won the New Zealand derby and the Woodlands derby by an absolute cricket pitch. Did Krug actually go better on Saturday night than he had in New Zealand? Or was it a case he was racing horses probably without the depth he had been racing in New Zealand. A little combination of both. Um, I, I just think, um, in all respect, the company here, sure, as a wee drop back to the, to the ZND, NZ company that he did beat. But in saying that, it's just maturity and travel and experience has lifted me a little bit. Um, he's gone for more of a, a sand, some more endurance training type style here because that's the situation we're in here. So, uh, in his general well-being, he's gone up. So, uh, to answer that, he, he has got a little bit better and um, ensure the grade was a little bit down, but in all respect to them, so he's got better. OK, he has the option of racing this week before he heads to the first of the big dances, the $250,000 Rising Sun at Albion Park on July 10th. Will you take the option to race this week to get him closer to his peak? Uh, yeah, just actually sort of come to that conclusion myself there about an hour ago, uh, Mick, he 
just he lost about five k, um, which is a normal standard. It sounds a lot in human human uh, terms, but it's not for a horse that's quite standard. Uh, but I think just going back in my training summary and looking at the horse, looking at the situation, if I did ride him this week, he may actually have five races in five weeks, which might be quite taxing. So I will make this one as a as a, a break and and work on the tenth. Okay, so you head to the Rising Sun. This is the new revolutionary race where the three-year-olds race the four-year-olds. It is now looking like you'll be the only three-year-old in the race and therefore guaranteed barrier one. You've won two derbies in front and one derby sitting parked. For a three-year-old taking on four-year-olds next week and you half know the field, would you like to stay in front? Is it a case in Albion Park where you say we've got to make the most of this and let him roll along in front and take advantage of that guaranteed barrier one? Oh, it wouldn't be an option, Mick. Um, if if we're sharp enough to hold the front end down, that would be the first first option, no doubt. And and if, if we lead up and, and get beaten up and get beat, well, so be it. But I, I think we're in a situation we've been very fortunate to have the one hole. We don't want to throw away a very good option of, of being unlucky in, in railing or back in the field. So... We'll, we'll run it out um, to be catch me if you can, tactics if possible. A lot of people would say a three-year-old taking on expensive ego, amazing dream, and copy that potentially can't beat them. Of course, over the years, some very good three-year-olds have beaten open class fields a lot earlier in the season. Holmes DG did it at, uh, at free-for-all level. Of course, Christian Cullen did it as a November three-year-old against open class horses. Can a three-year-old who is almost four by New Zealand time by the time we get to July 10th, beat Auckland Cup winners and copy that and horses like Expensive Ego who run second in the Miracle Mile. So yes, I don't want to be too cocky or too confident in saying they can, but if, as you know, horses every every time frame in life, um, you know, you can only assess that situation rather than history. But if anyone, any three-year-old at the moment in Australasia can, I, I believe he can. There's been a fair bit of talk around uh, the states of Australia about the new Inter-Dominion schedule this year, which we think it's going to see New South Wales racing three heats in three different cities, Bathurst, Newcastle, and, of course, Menangle over the first week. Some people are jumping up and down about it and saying it's too tough. We've seen similar things of the past. In fact, we harness racing have gone to two different states for an Inter-Dominion between Victoria and South Australia. What are your views on it? I know Krug won't be there, but you've trained enough open-class horses. Is it a case that some horses will cop it, some horses won't? Or is it something you would rather see done differently? Um, I'm, I'm complimentary on, on trying to have variety in the Dominions. We've seen a lot of different scenarios of them trying to uh, make it bigger and better. I, I do probably like the, the three at the one track. I, I'd like to see one carnival very, very big. Um, but then again, I, I don't want to sound... Um, that I'm shortchanging the smaller clubs, which would love to have an Indominion heat there. But uh, I think in the perfect scenario, you're going to make a summary for the public perspective for what the um, the promotion is for the series and then assess how will the animals handle it. In modern-day racing, the animals, the exertion we put them under on the racetrack is is very, very at a high standard. And I do think of travelling them two different places at that time when the raw exertion is a little bit of an overkill for the animal. You have to respect the animal a little bit as well. So to answer your question, I'd probably like them all on one big place track. 
So what's the plans for Krug for this next month? You had mentioned the fact you could race potentially five times in five weeks. You've chosen not to race in one of those. You head to the Rising Sun. What happens after that for the now three-time derby winner? Uh, yeah, we're lucky enough to have on the schedule. There's another one here now as the southeast coast uh, derby here at Albion Park the following week. And then we have the Queensland one, which is a big puppy as well. So there's those uh, two options as well as far as the derby status. So um, we know they're there. We're in town. If the horse is healthy and well, uh, let's put it on your schedule. Mate, you're staying at a property with your former training partner, Nathan Purden. He is now training out of Victoria, but he's in Queensland for this carnival. He's got amazing dreams there. We haven't seen the Auckland Cup winning beer in Australia for quite some time. Um, how has she looked to your eye? I'm sure you've seen her track working in the last week or so. Well, unfortunately for me, but fortunately for the connection, uh, she's in great shape. I think she's been sort of marrying herself just while Nathan got here and that. Uh, yeah, she's. I don't need to advertise how good she is because she's got a CV to prove that without saying how good she is. But uh, yeah, she's actually thriving. She really is. All right, mate. What are you thinking? When do you find out whether you'll actually be returning to your home country for a couple of days, or or do you just not risk it now with uh, the uncertainty between the two countries? Yeah, I'm a bit shy of actually coming back. I just want. Mate, we appreciate your time this morning. You're just breaking up. We'll let you go. Enjoy the sun, sunshine state. Congratulations on having a three-time derby win, and we're looking forward to that very exciting new race, the Rising Sun, coming up in 12 days' time. Yeah, to That's Crandall Getty, the New Zealand-based trainer who these days is Queensland-based potentially for the next month as the trans-Tasman bubble throughout Australia, not just the states which are in lockdown, uh, has been halted. Therefore, Cran will stay with Krug and he'll have barrier one in the $250,000 rising sun at Albion Park in 12 days' time. We mentioned earlier talking to John Dumasey about horses and trainers getting compensated if they are not able to travel. Uh, one of the quasi-trainers and drivers of one of those teams is Robbie Morris. Robbie would have been heading to Maitland today. Robbie, you get to have the day off from the racing colours because no travel for you. Yeah, that's right, Mick. Um, unfortunately, in Sydney at the moment, it's a little bit of a rough patch, so we, um, we had to stay home. Well, I presume it's one of those things doesn't take too much explaining to the owners. And as John said, there'll be compensation of some sort for horses who have to be scratched. But it's never much fun when you're taking horses to a race meeting like today and you think you win races and then you've got to ring the owners and say, look, this one's out of our hands. Yeah, that's right. It's um, it's pretty well self-explanatory to the owners, which is one good thing. But, you know, you work these horses and owners are paying good money for them to be worked and trained monthly. And for them not to go to the races is disappointing. but um. Under these circumstances, there's not a lot anyone can really do about it, so we've got to cop it on the chin. How's day-to-day training in the Menangle region where there's a lot of horses and a lot of horse people coming and going? Does the lockdown change things much for the way you guys operate your stable? Not not a hell of a lot, really, because, you know, obviously Menangle's 
on the corner post of our property and you've got the horses that are trained out of the barns and that. Everyone can sort of still work their horses as per normal. Uh, just probably hampers us a little bit. We've so many horses in the Sydney region to race and we've only really got uh, two meetings to pick from um, for the next fortnight. So, or three if you include the Metropolitan one, but you've got Menangle Tuesday, Penrith Thursday and the Metro one Saturday. So not a lot of options for us. And, and them horses that need them lesser tracks are probably going to find it tough in the next fortnight, but let's hope it's only a fortnight and things can get back to normal. Mate, you and your wife, Kiri-Ann, had horses up in Queensland recently with great success. Um, were you looking to send horses north again? And in fact, if you are unable to go, would you still send those horses but to another trainer? Yeah, well, we'll just have to see how the next sort of couple of weeks unfold. Obviously, I think... Um, if we do have any to go, we've, we've just got to probably look at an option to get them there for the owners um, and their clients because at the end of the day, as much as I want to go and drive them or Kerry wants to go and drive them and train them, uh, we've got to do the right thing by our clients and that means sort of getting them there and, and getting them racing. So if we have to do that, we'll, we'll have to, but at this stage, we'll just sort of see how it plays out. Mate, that means racing tomorrow at Menangle is going to be really interesting for people. They're in lockdown. They want to have to bet. We might need your help. Race three tomorrow goes at two forty. You're driving at Moyora. Uh, barrier three doesn't look a scary race. I would have thought had to be a good chance in the third tomorrow. Yeah, he was. Um, he had his first start back at Menangle for quite some time last week, and he ran a good second behind a handy horse. So I think if he can get a good little trip like that again, which it looks like he can from the draw, um, I definitely think he's a great edge weight champ. Okay, anything else? A chance at Menangle for us to, to scribble on the pad or put on the notes on the iPhone for those who want to have a bit tomorrow, mate? Uh, I think Dan for Glory, I think he's in the last race. He, he's run up at uh, Newcastle. was really good there probably 10 days ago. He got caught wide. They went 53, and he um, done a lot of work, and he ran third, and probably finds himself with a much better draw than he's had for a long time, so I think he's in each way, too. <laughs> All right, mate, you've, uh, you've recently become a father again. I think it's about six weeks ago now or maybe two months. Um, how's the progress? Yeah, really good. She's um yeah, she's great. She's eight weeks now and she's um she's sleeping pretty well most of the night. Uh she has a few little bottles here and there. Well I'm told throughout the night she gets a bottle at three and then wakes up for another one at about six. So Kerry's pretty happy with the way she's come along. Uh you're told I presume you're not involved in this experience, the three and six AM experience. No, I, I um I wake up most mornings and get up and go to the stables and then um, I've talked to Kez when she gets there and I'll say, do you Stella had a good night last night, didn't she? And she said, no, she was up at 2 and she was up at 4.30 for a bottle, but you didn't hear either of them. I thought, oh, well, she had a good night as far as I was concerned anyway. And, mate, great to hear that the uh, the training has been separated in the Morris household, mate. Thanks for an update today on how things are on an angle. Good luck tomorrow uh, when you head there for the Tuesday afternoon meeting.